Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. From the shores of Malibu, where the waves are pumping, to the Great Wall of China, and back to the streets of Kansas City, Missouri, where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about, but may be afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about everything on It's Time. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, politics, film, TV, UFC. It's No Halls Barred Radio, folks. I'm here with my co-host, my producer, TJ DeSantis. Welcome back, TJ. Another week of excitement. Yeah, no, You're you know, good, right? you, you always call it No Holds Barred Radio, and very rarely do we ever have a guest who actually competed, let alone even know about when the sport was actually called No Holds Barred, but our guest today definitely does. Uh, definitely, definitely does, and for those of you that can see him, if you can't see him yet, let me bring him on. A man who is definitely one of the legends of mixed martial arts, one of the legends of the UFC, a man who I've announced many, many, many times, every single fight he's had in the octagon since we first met way back before even the year 2000 in Brazil. So let's bring on the phenom himself, Vitor Belfort. Hi, Vitor. Hey, Bruce. Hey, so glad to be here, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. So, so happy. It brings me memories, what you just said. It brings me lots of memories. No holes, like no rules at all. No holes barred, no rules. <laughs> you know, you go back to the time. You know, I saw you. I saw you in Miami this weekend. You live in Florida. I did not expect to see you, and um, it was great to see you. And then you were so so sweet when you put on that sweet, maybe Peter Belfort. Sweet, what a word, right? TJ. Sweet. Right, exactly. Sweet, yeah, Peter, Peter Belfort. <laughs> um, to see you when I saw you, and to realize because you said it brings back so many memories, and I think back. And the first time I ever announced you in the UFC, it goes all the way back to UFC 12, you know? Wow. And, and it's just it, like, it was 1997, February 7th, 1997, which was almost to the T a year after I first started announcing the UFC. I've been doing it for 27 plus years, and it dawned on me, Vitor, you've been fighting for 27 years. That's, yep. that's You talk about phenom? That's phenomenal. Right, TJ? Yeah. 100%. You know, your experience yeah. in UFC, your experience in Pride. You know, I remember when we first went to Brazil uh, back in, uh, I think it was uh, yeah, October of 1998, uh, where wow. UFC Brazil, and when you demolished the legendary Wanderlei Silva, you know, just one side of the octagon to the other with punches till he was out like a light. 44 seconds. 44 seconds. Yeah. 44 seconds. Unreal. Actually, 57 seconds, to be exact. Yeah, but Mike Goldberg screamed 44 seconds, and it's one of those iconic calls. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Very good. And then, you know, you think of all the champions that you fought, you know, Vitor, whether it's Kazushi Sakuraba, uh, you know, uh, John Chuck Jones. Liddell, Marvin Eastman, Randy Couture. Evander Holyfield. And Evander yeah. Holyfield. We're going to get right there, too. So here's the thing. You have this long career in the UFC. You are, if I'm not mistaken, Vitor, right now you're 46, right? 46. The 46. April 1st was my birthday. Oh, happy, happy, happy birthday. Happy belated birthday. Um, and at 46, you get back in and, you know, you box the legendary Evander Holyfield, which was a replacement for you. You were supposed to box somebody else, right? Oscar De La Hoya. Oscar De La Hoya, right. Exactly. He but, didn't want that smoke. He, 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 faked, he faked the COVID and he, laughed, he said, Later on, he said, man, I escaped the murder of Vito Belfort. So, you know, he used Kobe as a way out. Then he was smart. I was ready for him. Yeah, you were definitely ready for him. And I got to tell you, and, and don't take this personally, I've known Evander Holyfield for a lot of years, right? One of the emphasis of me to start my management of my legendary brother, Michael Buffer, and sell two companies going back way, way long time ago to 1992 – is when I was in the audience when I watched Evander Holyfield fight Riddick Bowe for the very first time. 
And I saw, I heard Michael do his rumble that night, saw the people react to him. And I went back to my room and decided that, Hey, that something's got to be done here. I got to trademark this properly. I got to build this brand. That was an, a definitive night for me involving Evander Holyfield as your fight with him was a definitive night for you in boxing. And, you know, it was kind of, it was hurtful for me to see the beating that Evander took. I knew he was going to get beat. I, I felt he was going to get beat. Um, but that was one night that it was hard for me to watch a legend of the boxing world take the punches, even though it was his choice. Um, and just realize Evander, you, you, no more, no more. You know, if you had, I hope to God you retired Evander that night and that I don't see him box again. Yeah. And How I mean, did it feel for you? how did it feel for you facing Evander Holyfield in the squares in the squared ring at, at that time? I was, you know, you, you got to remember Bruce, in 90, you said 1992 when you saw him. In 1990, 1994, 1995, I was living in LA. And I was watching Boxing Rise. And I was, and I've been training boxing since, since I was 13 years old. So I, I took, I got to go back to go forward. I was remember when I, when I won my first UFC tournament and I become the youngest champion in UFC. You were there. And and I remember I made fifty thousand dollars that night, and I was thinking to myself, man, the same. The couple of weeks before, a couple of weeks later, Mike Tyson, Holyfield, they fought, and they made thirty dollars, thirty million dollars each. And I always thought, man, man, one day UFC, we gotta be able to make this this amount of money because it's much more excitement. And couple couple months after that. I got approached by Muhammad Ali and his lawyer. I go in a dinner with him. They surprised me after beat Tank Abbott. They brought me to this place. I remember sitting down with him, his his interpreter, that that was his a few guy, the, the guy who followed him around. And I was there sitting, and they had a contract, a two million dollar contract, for me to fight box, become a boxer. And I remember I asked a question. I will be able to do UFC or not. They say, no, you have to quit UFC. You have to just become a straight boxer. I look to my mom. I look to Muhammad Ali and I say, I can't. This is my purpose. Uh, you know, I know the MMA will be going to become, one day UFC is going to become one of the largest sports. But back in the days, we are being pressed off. Remember, we're supposed to be fighting in New York. They banned. So they had a whole political realm against MMA. We had banned from pay-per-view. You can have porn. You can buy porn in pay-per-view, but you cannot buy a UFC. Remember that? Yo, I was back on that. And so, yeah, so I was I was very angry with the boxing world and back in the days. And I said, man, why are they doing this to us? And we had a different owner back then. So what I mean, I remember was a huge thing. But fasting forward, I supposed to fight Oscar De La Hoya I was always going to be the guy. Well, I'm not the boxer. Remember, I'm not the boxer. I'm not fighting into my realm. I'm going to that realm. I'm going to that 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 lion's den. And when they say you're going to have to fight Holyfield, I was very afraid. I was like, my God. I was. I remember I, I was not waiting that much on that night. Um, I had to put some. Some weights in my in my short to become a heavyweight. They approved me as a heavyweight. So, but uh, you know, I and well, I saw. Back, wait, excuse me, Vitor. Vitor, pardon me one second. Back up one second. Yeah. You had to put some weights in your shorts to make weight. This is when you weighed in for the UFC. No, on the on the on the Holyfield. You know, oh, uh, because Holyfield fight the recent the recent yeah. Holyfield fight. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Now, it, it you're. You're saying that is that something that's like news to the world? I never heard that. And and you would weights in your shorts. What weights did you put in your shorts? Like in your pockets or something? Yeah, I have to put some weight just to to become on the right weight to fight a heavyweight because gotcha. I was not heavyweight back in the day. So I was gotcha. fighting Oscar De La Hoya. Gotcha. But you know, <clears throat> was what it was was I'm fighting this this tremendous boxer, the best heavyweight of all time. And of course, I was afraid. And he was setting me up in the beginning. He was throwing jab. I, I could feel he set me up for his game. 
and and he is a great boxer. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, one thing I have in my favor, I remember. I'm going to tell a story for you guys. Very important story, but it's going to help a lot of your audience understanding identity. The Christ of the world today is identity. Not, we, people are not becoming who they are. And when you become who you are, that's your strength. I believe in your strength is in who you are. And, and, and you cannot escape from that. So my wife came to my, 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 my room before this fight with your career and say, Victor, let me tell you a story about the, the Hino and the lion. The Hino and the lion went to a fight and the lion came to the Hino and said, Hino, can you take your horns out so we can fight? The Hino was very gentle, said, okay, I'll take my horn. They went to fight. The lion beat the Hino and the Hino at the end said, man, it was not fair. You asked me to take my horn. And the lion said, it was your choice. You didn't ask me to take my claws. You didn't ask me to take my teeth. It was your choice. So every time I step in the octagon, my whole career, I was not the lion. I was hunting down by these cheetahs or these hyenas, and I lost. And I remember before Holyfield said, I got to be Vitor Belfort. I got to be aggressive. I got to move forward. I got to throw my combinations. And I'm telling you, Bruce Buffer, if I am who I am, and you know, you, Joe Rogan knows, if I step on that cage with my confidence, with my training ready, and I become the phenom, I'm unbeatable. I really believe I'm unbeatable and I can beat any man at any given time because if I become who I am, and that's your, that's your strength. When you leave your strength, you're almost taking the horn like the hino, the hino went to fight with the lion. So, and I remember I had to put my combination in the early because Holyfield is a boxer. I, I know he's advanced in age, but I mean, I'm telling you, that guy hit me on one straight cross, that that stunned me very quick, and I say it's on. The fight is on. I got to. You be did. You did get stunned by Holyfield in the beginning of your of, boxing match. Of of course, hitting me. That you. I'm fighting Holyfield, the legend. That guy, I don't care. He cracking you with the right hand. He knows how to throw a hook, and he knocked himself out. I remember he was so angry. He threw me a hook. I went duck. He knocked himself out. You, you know what I mean? So, I just. I, I, it was my night, you know, I, I knew that, and I know that I can fight boxers. If I can fight, like my dream is to fight at BMA. I, dev- I designed a glove, I, I don't know if I told you, but I designed a glove, like a boxing glove that you can grab. I believe that I can beat any boxer under the, the rules where I can be able to grab and punch. And I have that confidence, but I mean, I've been training, I've been eating right. Right now I'm just here. I, I do my, my bath eating. That's the way I live. I do a lot of things that people don't do, and I do repetitive. And people say, how come you stayed so young? It's a repetition. You know, it's doing little, not a lot little. And, and, and I mean, unfortunately, we live in a very addictive world. People are addicted to, to alcohol. People are addicted to, to different type of drugs, and they, they change. I'm not. You know, I know that alcohol is not good at all for my body. I know that everything that does doesn't give me any performance. So I, I stay away from things that don't make me a better me, better father, better husband, right. better Christian. And and I mean, whatever it is that takes away from my identity and who I am, you know, I just stay away. So was my night that night. Well, you're, you're also talking about a key factor in life, which is called consistency, Right to keep it on the same level consistently that way. So you maintain that, that path forward in the most positive hundred percent personal fashion that you can. And I commend you on that. That's a frame of mind that we should all have, you know, in respect to whatever we all do in our endeavors in life, as well as our, our family life and personal life. So kudos to you on that one, Vitor. So now with your, with your boxing of Evander Holyfield, which I know you made very good money for, was it made public how much money you made for that fight? Yeah, we we, we didn't, you know, we have the the show and the and the and the the image content. So it was not I don't like to disclose how much I make because I think no. I make I think I make more than I deserve and less than uh, more than I need and less than what I deserve. My whole career, I made more than I need, but less than what I deserve. And when you see you know, the amount of, of the sharing of the pie, you know, how people, oh, this guy, so, and I know a lot of guys are making a lot of money now, and they earn because they talk their way out. You know, 
today's uh, people they cancel in Instagram or they now fighters are well known by how much followers they have in Instagram. I remember when it started, man. You are how much I don't care how much followers you have. It's all about performance. In football, they don't care how much followers you have. In foot in, in basketball, they don't care how much followers. In fighting, they care if you can you have this much followers. Oh, now you we're gonna give you a better contract. That, that's insane. You know, you see these YouTubers become fighters. And I mean, I I have respect for guys they step in the in a ring or in the octagon, but you know, it's a process. They have A fighter, B fighter, C fighter, and the category of people are changing with this new realm of YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And in the only sport that you get popularity outside of the your performance is in fighting. But in football, in basketball, in, in, in these sports, you I, they don't care. NFL doesn't care how much you follow. They care, can you score a touchdown? One that's, of the reasons for the that, Vitor, one of the re and you're you're absolutely correct in my opinion, but one of the reasons for that is that the other sports are team sports, right? As a fighter, it's the loneliest, loneliest bike, the loneliest sport in the world. You know, you have your it team is. when you train, but the moment you step into the ring and boxing, the moment the door closes behind you in the cage, it's only you. It's just you. It's just tennis. You. Tennis the same. Tennis, you know, they don't care. You know, ATP doesn't care. How many followers you have in your Instagram? ATP is about you. Can you perform? Can you win? You win. You you go to the Wimbledon. So, and and I'm saying that we are very lonely sport, but at the same time, I think the sharing of the sport is still not not equally this shared. So, but it is what it is, and and you have yeah. to work with it, and you have to make yourself. And I hope the people there they're following us understand the history of fighting. You know, history of fighting is very important. Uh, it's the history of fighting is the oldest, it's the oldest sport in the world. It's been around forever it since is. the ancient days yeah. of Pancrase when two men fought in the nude in mud to the death, you know, yep. that's how primitive fighting used to be. And every single art of fighting came out of that nucleus. If I'm not yeah. incorrect in that, I know that I, I know I am, I feel I am. So let's talk about the YouTubers. You know, you were on the same card you had, I think Jake Paul was on that card. Was that correct? No, he wasn't. He was okay. He what do you feel about Jake Paul? What do you feel about Jake Paul? Right now, it's been announced that he is going to fight yeah. Nate Diaz in August. Right? Yeah. He's going to box he, him. I got to take my hat for Jake Paul. Jake Paul knew how to do a business. You know, they, they are people who give him the platform. And when you give somebody a platform, you're creating a story. So, example, we live in a world that a lot of things being created, you know, and when people start creating a storyline, people believe it, you know? I remember people believe in Ninja. Come on, man, Ninja? People believe like Steve Seagal was a fighter. I say, what? Paul Van Damme was a fighter. I say, what? Even, even Bruce Lee, you know? So I, you gotta go back. We gotta go back to history. Like, like I said, history. You are one of the, you are the best announcer. Why? Because you have history of it you've right. been on the stage you've been there how come someone does a movie on hollywood and become the best fighter in the world that's insane that's all. so wwe it's a very entertaining but they're not real fighters they're not so that's, i, res that's I respect them i respect them I for what they I do. do yeah but they're not real fighters you know what i mean i'm talking about real when you see someone get knocked out, it's real. It, it's, it's as real as it gets. I mean, it's never better things. So UFC is as real as it gets. And now we know they have entertaining, and I agree. It's all good. Entertaining is good. But fighters, we, we don't play sport. We fight. So they have a category of fighters, and they earn. You're not giving to you. You earn. YouTubers, they earn, but they are paving their way. He's putting his show. He's promoting. He's the co. He's the producer. I was never my my. I never choose my opponents. I gotta check. I gotta fight the best guys in the. So even boxing are changing. That's why UFC got so many momentum. You know why? Because boxing so many fixed fights. You know they give you the easy opponent. UFC are not. They're not gonna give you easy opponent. It's it's gonna be hard. Of course, some guys they try to, but it is not. You see this eight year old kid coming in losing the fight. Why? Because UFC is real. So let's go back, but fast forward 
to the YouTubers, you ask me that question. It's simple. Why Logan Paul and Jake Paul doesn't want to fight me? Why? They know they're going to get knocked out. So they're picking their opponent. Nate Diaz, I'm sorry, Nate Diaz cannot knock anybody out. And I mean, I'll fight Nate and Jake at the same night. But I mean, they don't want to fight me. And I believe Nate is a real fighter. But Nate stood to make the money, of course. But I mean, I would love to fight Nate. We box to see who's the best guy who is. Because I am the guy who motivated Nate to become a jiu-jitsu fighter, to become a boxer. I believe he looked up to me. So the problem is when you give the story to somebody else. It's, you need the villain, you need the good guy. Right. So that's how you make fights. So the thing is, and I promise, they're not going to fight me. They're going to avoid me everything they can. You know, I asked Dana to make this fight. Dana said, Victor, you know, we're in MMA business. I'm not in boxing business. But I mean, I would love to fight one of the brothers. I would love to fight Nate. And I think this is the fight. Like, me and Nate is a real fighters. But I mean, Nate and Jake, you know, it's just going to be a great entertainment. You know, they're going to go making some money, great business. And even PFL give the platform to Nate, to, 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 to Jake Paul. So we give him the storyline. And we give him the opponent that he chooses. He chooses Nate. Why he knows Nate cannot knock him out. And, you know, so these guys are very smart businessmen. Very. But, I mean, comes to a time that all of you guys are going to stop pressing. I'm 46. I can be the father of both guys. Why do you want to fight me? Why do you want to box the best MMA, UFC, athlete, whoever, Anthony Thompson? I am the best hand. I have the data. So now they got to fight me. So even... When I fought this event, uh, Roy Jones Jr. didn't want to fight me. He chose Anthony Perry. So the problem is when I don't run the show, I'm not a promoter. I cannot set up the fights. These guys are the promoters. They have the guys with the money. They have the Saudis or whatever who's putting the money. They have the people, and they, they're making the fight. I don't. So I hopefully one of these men, if they want to be making money, and they want to make an event, I understand the business more than anybody. I brought UFC to my country. I made UFC huge in Brazil. I helped UFC, me, along with you and many other guys. We, we helped this organization become this billion-dollar industry. And now it's a machine. You know, it's, it's just working by themselves. But you can tell the UFC, you know, they don't make fights. It's everything is real. You, you know, you, you got to work yourself up. Of course, you, you have marketing, all that. But... Unfortunately, you know, I, I'm, I have to find a purpose to fight someone. I don't want to fight just anyone. I have to have the story. I have to have the motivation. And I would love to fight all of these YouTubers for sure. 100%. Yep. I, I can't blame you. I'm sure, I'm sure you would love that too. You know, and it's like, take your paycheck, Vitor. They give you a fight. Grab that big paycheck. You're right in what you're saying. They're making they're making fights that are marquee fights based on the publicity and everything. Nate Diaz and Jake Paul is going to draw a huge audience. Every MMA fan is going to climb in to watch it as they would if you were to fight Jake Paul or box Jake Paul as they, as the proper term is. So um, you know I can't I can't go against anything that you're saying. Yeah, no, you're right. Who is your next bout? Have you been Have you been told you're going to box again? What is the story? Uh, we don't. I, I was just talking to my manager Lloyd right now. We we're just talking. Maybe it's going to be Anthony Pettis or it can be uh, Logan Paul. Everybody say Logan Paul doesn't want to fight you. You already call his agent or his friend. He say they avoid me as much as they can. But I think is is the press has to stop pressing these guys. You know, you you want to you want to you want to make your name. You want to. I think the fans. You got to understand. Every time you purchase something, every time you're buying a pay per view, you're supporting that story. And I think it's a lot of these fights that Jake fought, they lost a lot of money. They lost a lot of money. Because uh, the, last couple want... fights, the last couple of fights alone, the numbers didn't come in. Why? Because th just was made for him. So they are losing money. But, you know, the Saudis don't want to lose money. They... <laughs> I cannot blame. I cannot tell you to put your money. But, I mean, I tell promoters, if you make this, this is going to work. And if you make this, this is going to work. So I have a vision that one day when we put the boxing MMA in the same sport or create a, called the BMA, the boxing martial arts, that's going to drive a lot of pay-per-views because they want to see something that will fair. Imagine Francis Ngannou fighting, you know, uh, Joshua into these rules, you know, into this new glove. That's what's going to drive 
massive pay-per-view. So I have this patent glove. I have the patent rules. I, I have everything. I, that's my dream to start promoting and even fight in these rules. But the problem is to find a boxer who accepted. The problem is to find promoters, people to put the money. And I think these people that are promoting these events, they've been losing money. And unfortunately, you have to have a great uh, business plan to have sustainability. And I mean, they're not putting the right fights. I think Jake Paul and, and Nate Diaz is going to be a hype. But it's not going to be a fight like, oh, my God, what amazing fight. You're not. After you've seen that, you saw because of the name. But if you put me and Nate Diaz, you have a real fight. If you put me you. and Jake Paul, if you put me and Jake Paul, you have a fight. Me and Jake Paul, and now you have a fight. That's the problem. This fight is going to be like trash talking, all this, all, all promoting. It's going to be good. They're going to box. You know, maybe, you know, Nate is not going to knock him out, but he's going to put some score. And, and it's going to create curiosity. You know what I'm saying? Nate throws punches and bunches. He's not a, he's, I mean, I listen, I can't take anything away from the, from the legendary Nate Diaz and his fighting no. ability. He's amazing, but he throws punches and bunches. They're not knockout punches like you throw, no. although he can knock people out. Jake Paul has one punch knockout power. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. We talk yeah, it's going to be interesting. Exactly. We talk about wrestling. We talk about UFC. We talk about boxing. Has anybody ever approached you for the pro wrestling world? And is it something that you would want to like get your name in the in the hat for with the WWE now being involved with the UFC and co promotion? I would love, man. You know, I I was I remember we are we are so, I remember we are used to be rivals <laughs> UFC and and WWE because they ban us and I'm like, man, this is real. But you know, these guys are so crazy. You know, these guys are are so insane, crazy. Yeah, they are. So they they are so crazy because it's so intense. And they go through so much. So I hope, I hope one day I would love to to see how it is because it it's it's what I heard. It's you have kind of set up how it's gonna be, but it's not everything set up. So no. they go by the flow. So they it's very crazy. Hurt. I they, never heard of that. They they have the plan out, but they they go with the flow. So it's very interesting. Of course, something to try. You know, you never say no, but it'll be interesting. If an offer comes in, you entertain it. You know, I saw you in Miami at the show. Uh, you saw the Adesanya fight. You watched that fight. And you ask yourself, how would you have done against a guy like Adesanya? Right? You you, you know, I, I think it's with Adesanya, you put pressure, but you cannot go. You know, I think Pereira was very exposed. His chin was up. He was yes. very, he, he was very exposed. But I mean, I just tell you, you cannot let him get in his throw. And I just tell you, he has power, power knockout. You know, he's a phenomenal fighter. He's getting better in every time. But Pereira, Pereira has a, he was very overconfident. And in, in UFC, you can never be overconfident with these new right. gloves, fighting someone who can punch hard. Right. No, absolutely. Hey, Vitor, if I may ask you, don't give me the quote. Uh, you made millions in the UFC over time. Was boxing your best, biggest payday in one night? Mm, no, I think the UFC, UFC pay better, pay me better. Good. But I mean, yeah. it's, I think, think both, you know, both would pay good. But like I said, when you do for the money, you become, you become a professional. What fans they love, they love the real fighter in you. And they paid right. me to see the fight in me. So, if I don't have a purpose, if I don't have the why, it's a fighter who never step on the hockey and win is for real. You know, I'm not talking about, you know, entertaining like WWE, but I mean, if you're a fighter, you, you, if you go for the money, you become a professional guy. And, and I don't recommend that. You got to go because you have a fighter in you. The passion. You can't yeah. fight in this game without passion. I can't even passion. announce. I can't even yeah. announce this game without passion. I've said it publicly before. When my passion wanes, it's time for me to retire. You know? Yeah. But my passion it. stays strong. Every time I walk in that octagon, I tell everybody it's like my first night. When I can't have that attitude, because just like your attitude as a fighter, I'm done. You know? That's that's the only way for us to 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 get the to get the high call the Exactly. The, the reality of it, you know, we, we, that's the only thing we have to have it. Absolutely. Passion. 
Beecho, I know you have to go. A beautiful oh, man, you haven't even work. let me ask one question yet, Buff. I got like four go questions. For it. I was waiting for you to step in. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not going to interrupt two legends here as they, they converse no with way. one another. One and a half. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> Vitor, I'm curious. You kept talking about these hybrid rules and this this modified glove. Like, do, do you have a plan on on trying to promote a new facet of combat sports and a new show? I think we don't need a new show. We just need to introduce this to a show that is already on. Okay. Uh, I really, uh, you know, that's that's the idea. I think creating more shows. You know, is just remember the the name of the game. The name of the game is uh, uh, not creating another liability. And I think what it is, is, is people are creating a lot of liability in the sense of, uh, of uh, putting one more show, you know, spending a lot of money in production. So we have a lot of shows. I just need someone to believe in this and start going with this because just, just come with me. You froze, Vitor. Maybe Joshua or versus Tyson on the hot. How big this fight will be? Can, can you give me an idea of what the rules would be? So you can you can box, no kicking. You can grab with one hand. You can do dirty boxing. You can do, you know, fighting. But you can only punch with your hands. You okay. know, and 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 you can do spinning punchings. You so everything's with your hands. You know. You know that it has a way of called the boxing martial arts. Boxing is a martial arts. People think boxing is a sport. Boxing is a martial arts. But also, but the boxers, they become not a martial artist. And we, the MMA guys, we have to become martial artists and putting all these martial arts together. You know, you know, creating like when I fought Vanderlei, the way I fought Vanderlei, I, I create this, this walking, they call it the walking punches. People call it the phenom blitz. So I have to come up with a lot of new things in addition, putting a little Kung Fu with the boxing, using the hands from the karate and bringing the box. So, so we have a different a angles. So what I think it's going to be, it's going to be a massive pay-per-view. I was making a count, you know, UFC right now doesn't need pay-per-view to, to survive. You know, people know that they, they don't need it because they have ESPN contracts. Okay, pay-per-view is just a plus. You know, they're doing fine, but they don't do amazing. What makes amazing pay-per-view, what makes people want to buy something when they have something different? And we don't have something different for how long. But if you can put these two sports in one under rules, unify with gloves, they can grab, they can, man, that is be the five dreams for a fan. That. And, and that's the problem. The Saudis are putting money on these shows. They're, they're creating shows, shows. It's great, but they're not making the money. And, I mean, if you want to lose money, go ahead and lose money. But, I mean, I believe that every billionaire likes a little bit more money, you know. So I have an idea. I have patent gloves. I have everything in my mind. I've been pitching this idea. I, I pitched to Dana before, you know, they have PFL. But, I mean, another event. It's just more production, more this, more. So we don't need that. Right. What we need, more income, more income. And we have established every weekend we have an event, every weekend. So it's like we don't need more church. What we need is a unification of people, of churches. We need people to love more because we don't need more people. We just need people to be more loving kind, to change a world. So same thing with martial arts and, and combat sports. Perfect. I like it. Uh, other question. Um, Bruce talked about a potential fight for yourself next. You obviously made it clear what you wanted. I know you just fought Jacare in boxing. Uh, how would you feel about a, a, a rematch in, in boxing with Anderson Silva? I, 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 that would be something that I would love, but he doesn't want to fight me. No? He doesn't want to fight me. We already talked to his manager. He doesn't want to fight me. You know, I, he doesn't want to find me declare. So that's the problem. I, I cannot find an opponent. Right now, I'm being honest with you. I don't, I can't, it's hard for me to find an opponent. Uh, why is far hard to find an opponent? Don't want uh, Oscar didn't want to fight me. You know, uh, Roy Jones Jr. didn't want to fight me. Anderson doesn't want to fight me. Jake Paul doesn't want to fight me. Logan Paul doesn't want to fight me. My question for you guys 
Who would you guys like to see me fight? Tell me the guys. Give me three guys that you guys like to see me fight. I'd like to see you fight Jake Paul. Simple as that. I'd love to see you fight Anderson Silva. Um, I'd love to see you fight one of the Paul brothers and grab that big payday and, and show what's up. But like you said, it's not going to happen. You know? At this what point. about me and Nate? Me and Nate Diaz. There'd be a size difference there, no? Yeah, there'd be a size difference there. I, I just think you'd be too dominant in that fight. 185. They fight in 185 right now, him and, 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 Lord, and, and Jake. I can't oh, I mean, if the, weight, if the weight is equal, then it's equal. I just, I, I, you know, I look at you, Vitor. I envision this powerful man much more so with all respect to Nate. I love Nate. But it just it just seems like a mis, a mismatch of power. I mean, yeah, I and wrong? Nate's a guy that fought, you know, a ton uh, most of his career at 155. Vitor's a guy that, you know, fought at 205. So, you know, yeah. in my brain, it seems like they're worlds apart. But, you know, you're right. If they both weigh in at the same and they agree to the weight. The same, it's equal. It is, yeah. For sure, uh, you know, I, I, I was wait, I was waiting two hundred pounds in Jacare fights, and Jacare was two twenty five. Yeah, you know, that's the thing, man. I'm telling, I'm t- I come from a different generation. You guys come off all this weight stuff, all this weight. I come like, do you have power? Do you have speed? Do you have skills? That's my mentality, you know. And I think real fighters, you know, like someone like let let me explain right now something simple. You go have dinner with your wife. Someone strange come and grab their hands in the, the butt of your wife. You just ate. What are you gonna tell the guy? I need to digest my food, or you're too big for me. Come on, my That's brothers. I come from a martial arts, so I come from a fighting perspective. Survive. I'm I'm a survivor, and all of you guys are survivor. But you know, when you start putting this, oh, you ate this much. Oh, not fair. No, this not fair. What about in the street? He's got a point. Yeah, do you, you, my number. Call me later. We're gonna resolve that. Or you're gonna be man enough say, man, don't you punch the guy in the face because no one should touch your wife. Or go mess with your kid. Go mess with my wife. Go mess with my daughter in front of my wife. She'll kick anybody's ass. So fighters has to be have huevos, cojones. They gotta be man. Stop with this. Oh, it's not fair. You have this advantage, this advantage, you know. So we got a man enough. And it just that's what the fans want to see, real fighters, not babies. I can't argue with manning up and fighting. It seems to go hand in hand. So I, I don't think TJ or I are going to even question any of those things. It's just that in this world in which we live, it's about weights. It's about everything. It's not the old days. You and I are very much the old days, Vitor. We come from the old days, but we have to adapt and live in the new days, you know. It's just the way things are. Your yeah, mentality is very... They'll be my same weight. They'll be the same weight. But no, oh, his size, oh, this, is that, oh. Stop with that. We're going to be in the same weight. Just say, okay. I just said I see you as more powerful. I just said I see you as more powerful, Vitor. I see you as more powerful at, at the same weight. I see you as more powerful than anybody that's the same weight with you. When I first okay. met you, you were like 235 pounds walking around gold, you know, as a monster. I mean, you're one of the few people in life that I've met has gone from like 250 down to 185 to in the middle to above and maintained all the musculature and the power that you've maintained. You've been a very diversified fighter weight-wise in your career, you know, and you fought everybody from the wars you had with Randy Couture all the way up to the ring when you're in with the Vandy Holyfield. That's what I want to ask, Chris. I'm happy you brought that up because, Vitor, you have fought everybody, you know, from from Anderson Silva to to John Jones. The the list goes on and on. Randy Couture, Tito Ortiz. I I want to know, in your opinion, who do you think the most talented fighter you ever faced was? No doubt, John Jones. No doubt on my mind, John Jones. He's the most talented fighter and his intelligence is out of the roofs as well. So he's very IQ. I think comes from uh, studying the game with with his coaches and understanding the martial arts aspect. John Jones, O'Dotter was one of the most intelligent guy, most talented guy that he was, that I fought. And then also, uh, you know, looking introspectively, you know, MMA fans have been talking about the old Vitor, the new Vitor. There are many different versions of Vitor Belfort. What what fight do you think you had in your career where you were the best uh, version of yourself, Vitor? 
I'm with you all the way. Listen, we've gone from the uh, boxing professionals to the boxing uh, influencers becoming professionals or social media influencers becoming professionals. Uh, there have been nights they're planning where there's boxing and MMA fights in the same night. So why not combine the two? Vitor, we're, we, we have to get going here, but you know, I'm with you. You just need to find a promoter that's willing to back you and and do yep. something like that. You know, you should go and talk to an Eddie Hearn, who's a very, very promoter in so many different ways. I'm sure you've already mentioned this to Dana. You just got to find a promoter that's going to back you up and go for it and make it happen. Because bottom line, Vitor, one of these yeah. days, one of these days, you're going to be laying down your guns. So you want to think beyond those guns and go into this enemy, aspect. Like I, like I say, Bruce, my my dream, you know, like I said, like I was today, I, I want to share something with you guys. You say that's the question that I like to answer to ask everybody. If you can choose one thing, you know you're going to die in the next the next three months. I always say this question to everyone. I want to make this question for you guys and for the for the our our fans that are listening to us right now. The way I live my life is I was dead the day. I live like I'm not living tomorrow. I'm living today that I'm not living tomorrow. So if I know that I'm not going to live for the next three months, what the things would drive me to do the most? So they have the first person that is in me is the Christian that is in me, is the man of faith that I am. So the athlete, the father, the husband, everything that I have to become in this life, I have to serve the man of God that I am. That's the way I live. So I made a promise to myself, I'm not fighting for money. I don't need the money is, I'm good with money, but I mean, more money is always welcome, but I'm not there to acquisition of things. I'm there for producing, creating things that are going to be good for the future, for the creating a legacy. So my dream, I always say, what's the question that I, what I would like to do? I like to change people. My dream is to empower people. 
you're never too young to start something. Remember when I was young, Bruce, you remember. I was too young. People say, he's too young. I remember that a lady stopped me to go to my my final fight with with uh, Scott Ferroza. You're too young. You don't, don't go in. Don't go in. People are crazy. You're never too young to start your dream. You're never too old to start your dream. And we live in a society that everybody is so sick of their mind. They're so afraid to try something. And my dream is to inspire people to become better physically, emotionally, and spiritually. That's my goal. Not just with my kids, but with my fans, with, with the people that I surround myself with. And so one thing you can live with today, all of you guys, is this. You're never too young. You're never too old right. to start something, to have a right. better life. With, with that note, Vitor... That's the note to sign off on because that is the motivational aspect of this entire show. And I agree with you. I am my show with that kind of a thought. And I appreciate your offering those thoughts because that is truly how we should think. You're always able to adapt. You're always able to improve. And the future is golden for all of us. But we have to have goals and we have to be willing to focus on them and consistently pursue them. You're a very good motivational speaker, Vitor. And I'm looking forward oh, to being man, on you your podcast when we can me, arrange it. You can become you can become a promoter. You become a promoter. Let me know. <laughs> I've got so <laughs> many things in my pie right now. I'll announce for you, Vitor. Know, believe it I or know, that. I'll know. let you make the money as the promoter. How's that? You make the millions. Sure, Vitor, sure. we could go on and on and on. I, I thank you for our friendship. I thank you for our history. I thank you for everything that we've shared together. And I thank you most importantly for everything you've shown and entertained the great UFC fans of the world. And now the boxing fans of the world, putting your blood, sweat and tears on the line consistently. Thank you so much, Vitor, for hey, being the legend. That so you if are. I do, if I do the BMA, so we're going to have two announcements. We're going to have you and your brother the same night. Imagine how epic that would be. It would Imagine be epic. The epic. It would be epic, epic, but my it would be BMA epic with you, Vitor. It would be it would be it would be oh epic, but I'm exclusive. I'm exclusive to the UFC. I'm sorry, my friend. Uh, yeah, sorry, okay. that's the way it worked. Don't mean to drop that bomb at the end of our conversation, but just know that I'll no be there worries, to support no you. I'll sit first row, and I'll get Michael in there to announce for you. How's that? Amen, my brother. Amen. Hey, much love to you for much all your you all too, your people Vitor. that follow you. Thank you very much, TJ. God bless you. Let's live to today like it's the last day. Always. Sounds and tomorrow good. like it's our first day. And tomorrow like it's our yes. first day. Come on, somebody. Take care, Take Vitor. Thanks, Vitor. There he is. Good old Victor Gracie, Vitor Belfort. Wow, boy, he's got more energy now than he had when he was younger. Seriously. I was just going to yeah. say, you know, old Vitor, new Vitor, well, present-day Vitor, he's got something to offer, too. My goodness. Got a lot to offer. I think for the uh, UFC fans watching our show this week, they're going to appreciate that. I wanted to let him just talk, you know? You have to. I mean, this this is a guy, again, you know, how many people uh, ha have done what Vitor Belfort has done, you know, across all spectrums of, of combat sports, you know? And, and like I said, uh, when he came up, 19 years old, I think, in the UFC, you know? Like, uh, listen, when I, first met, when I first met him, he was walking through Gold's Gym, and he was just a monster. Everybody was, like, dropping their jaw. When he walked by, knowing this is one of the toughest individuals in the world, you know, it's yeah. crazy. He was one of my first favorite fighters, Buff. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. All right. Um, we got to get on to some news stories here. There's been some things happening. Uh, and it was great to have Vitor on the show. I don't mean to cut it short, but obviously we need to move on. This Louisville Bank massacre uh, that happened, it's just, again, another horrible, grotesque situation in our country's history with more mass shootings than there are days in the year. Um, and I watched the video, and again, I want to commend the police officers. They got in there. One got shot in the head. He's fighting for his life right now. They took this piece of shit out. Excuse my French. I use that word when I talk about pieces of shite, and that's exactly what this guy was. One thing is disturbing me about this. Right after the, the they've already decided to put up the AR-15 he used in that shooting for auction. What? Came isn't, out today. Isn't it evidence? Mass shooting killers. AR-15 is going to go up for auction. That's no, no way, Bruce. That's uh, who, says who? I need. I. I mean, I don't. I don't want to like say that you're wrong here, but like, is there a source? You got to give me a source on that. TMZ. Oh my god! Click on the link I sent you and look at it. Uh, I don't even want to. Kentucky I, I really... gun laws. Kentucky gun laws are lax. This so is evidence, Bruce. Hear me out. 
Kentucky gun laws are so lax. Again, another friggin' example of why this country's in partial turmoil with these issues of people being able to get guns that should not have guns. I'm not saying we can't have firearms. I believe we need to own our firearms for protection, collection, otherwise. But an example that every state should be equal in their gun laws with background checks, you know, whatever, to hopefully not have the guns fall into the wrong hands. But here, Kentucky gun laws are so lax, a firearm seen by, seized by law enforcement are required to be sold at auction. Are re- required to be sold at auction. There's one caveat. Okay, so, so hang on, hang be- on, hang on a second. This is going to be sold at auction because that's what they do with with firearms that are collected with as evidence. Seized firearms, right. not in not because this is some sort of collectible item or something like that. That no, that's, but but right, I understand. Are look at it, but people are going to look at it like that. I, I highly, I mean, I I don't know how many uh, AR-15s they're seizing, but I mean, I, I highly doubt that when this goes up for auction, it's going to be marketed as AR-15 from you know bank massacre, but. I bet they're going to put it in the description. I, and, and, and just like we talk about in the show where people buying ridiculous things for, for millions and tons of dollars that we would never even think about, there's always somebody out there. But anyway, it can only be bought. Here's the caveat. It can only be bought by federally, li- federally licensed gun dealers, specifically holding licenses for the weapons they purchase. So when the dealer gets that weapon, I guarantee you they're going to put it up in the store. And it's going to be there said that this was used. I I I, I find that hard to believe, but you know, we just, li- it just bothers me that something's so horrific. And but but that's the ruling. That's yeah, no, have. I hear you. It's just that's disgusting. Yeah, and we'll leave it at that. Uh, another shark attack. Fifty-year-old in uh, Hawaii was surfing. Guy's been surfing his whole life. A tiger tiger took off his foot, but he was able to survive. Uh, they used the leashes from the surfboard to immediately apply a tourniquet, which pretty much saved the guy's life. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I know we always talk about that when it's on the show. Yeah, Logan Paul's going to re up with the WWE. He's you know obviously b- making bank with that and doing an incredible job. And we talked about the WWE and the UFC unification as far as being owned by the same people by WME. Um, I'll say it again: it's going to be very interesting. Uh, to see how that goes. I don't see co-shows or anything like that. I just see a lot of co-promotion. I mean, yeah, one's going to help promote the other one's uh, upcoming stuff and vice versa. Exactly. Um, We touched on Jake Paul uh, boxing Nate Diaz. I didn't know that was announced and that was official. Um, Came out today. It it makes sense. Uh, It's been a while now since Nate has departed from the UFC uh, you know, with the, the, the fury loss that Paul had, I was curious and whether or not that was still going to be, uh, viable, um, something that, that he wanted. Uh, I figured that they would do that rematch before he would fight anybody else, but uh, good for Nate. Happy to see Nate get a payday. Um, you know, and we'll see what happens. Yep. I'm happy to see him make, I want him to see him make it. He's already made millions, make more millions. Go for it. Grab the paycheck. That's how I, I'm a we firm believer. I got I got one thing. Grab the paycheck. Yeah. No, and I'm still a firm believer. I mean, Nate Diaz returns to the UFC at some point. As long as Conor McGregor is still out there, uh, he's going to want that that rubber match. It's a rubber match that everyone wants, and uh, I, I have a hard time uh, thinking that that uh, third match doesn't happen inside the UFC's octagon. It's a fight that he'll never turn down, and the money from that fight will be absolutely absurd. But yep. it probably wouldn't happen until next year sometime. Yeah, probably. You know, when and if, when and if, Connor fights Mike Chandler. That's not a guarantee yet. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, regardless of what happens with Chandler, uh, I, I think we see uh, Nate Connor three uh, within the next two years. I would think so too, before everybody gets too long in the tooth, as they yeah. say. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Antonio Brown back in the news, uh, being sued by a celebrity uh, jeweler who claims he owes him 1.1 million. I don't know what's going on with this guy. He's always got his name in the news for something um, other than his highly, highly skilled, yeah, never, never in the news for being awesome at football, it seems. And he is awesome at football. It's right. something else. I know. You know? Um, MedicalEverything.com, our sponsor of the show, has a couple of very good articles. Uh, one thing is very important is uh, four beverages with more hydration than water. Hydration being very important on a daily basis. And, you know, depression is a very big issue. It's always been a big issue. Uh, it's more so now with the COVID realm we just came out with amongst young children and everything else. They have a very uh, article here on overcoming depression and proven remedies to help it. Without going into the articles, I want to encourage everybody to go to medicaleverything.com. A tremendous amount of information there, uh, and they're a very good sponsor of our show. So check out medicaleverything.com, 
And uh, these stories are, if you're interested, amongst many, many other stories involving health and awareness. Okay, uh, going to go into the stupid is a stupid does story. This really, did you hear about this? I, I land on me. The Dalai Lama? Oh, yeah. The Dalai Lama, who I saw speak one time, and I left feeling very invigorated. It was uh, I'm not, I, quite an amazing experience at, at the time. I'm not taking anything away from that experience, but considering the Dalai Lama, whether this is due to, to um, things that happen in his life and his beliefs, but what happened is, TJ, is that the Dalai Lama's apologized after a video emerged at an event that he did with the spiritual leader bringing a child up on stage, if I'm not incorrect on this, mm -hmm. kissing the child on the lips, mm -hmm. and then asking the child to suck his tongue. Right. And an event in northern India. Well, I don't know what local culture allows for that, but he pointed to his lips and he pulls the boy's chin in and kisses on the mouth and then asks him to do that a few seconds afterwards while he pokes his tongue out. Yeah. Pardon me for what I'm about to say, but that just made, gave me a pedophilic like feeling. I mean, it, it, it's, it's completely uncomfortable. Yeah. It's, if that's the proper thing to say, and I don't know well, if it is. When I saw the video at first, I didn't think it was real. Um, but when the apology came out, obviously that pretty much affirmed that it was, in fact, real. I, I don't know, Bruce. It's uh, strange times. Strange times. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know if that means nobody's going to go see the Dalai Lama speak again. But here's another example of somebody is in so many ways that has a glorious career. And then something happens at the tail end that kind of taints the career. Yeah, I don't. Well, maybe I, this. I don't know. Yeah, this this will probably disappear in the minds of people over the next week or two. But it's definitely been all over the news, and I don't get it. No, it's it's it. it's weird. It's weird. Um, we'll leave it at that. I, I'm not saying anything bad about him. I'm only talking about this the situation that occurred. I don't get it. Yeah, leave it at that, right? I'm, I'm, I'm there with you. Anymore. It's, it's just weird. Like I said, Bruce, it was so odd that I didn't think it was real. You know, but a lot of odd things are happening in this world. This world is odd, for God's sake. Oh, I know, I know. I, uh, I'm a little out of sorts today. I'm running a step behind today. Uh, I don't know if you had any trouble, but I, I had to stay in Miami an extra day. I had two flights I canceled. Out. I left. Ugh. Oh, I left it. Uh, I I was off to the airport two hours, three hours after the show. See, that's the right move. Uh, I my flight was at seven thirty a.m. on Sunday. It got canceled, and then it got canceled again. And then I had to spend the night. And then I ran. Uh, it was delayed. I lost my bag. It was yeah, it's bad. But I'm back now. Not, I'm here. Not a bad place to get delayed. I didn't really go out in Miami. I got there. I had my puncher's chance appearances, got prepared for the show. The show went late. Everybody went to uh, 11, the club. Um, Adesanya's after party was there. Uh, I was stuck in traffic with the Octagon girls in a car trying to get back to the uh, hotel for like an hour and a half. The traffic was ridiculous. Well, I mean, it doesn't help when a president's there, former president. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I left, I left uh, during the first fight of the main card because uh, my, my job was done at that point. And uh, there was a security perimeter that was – Three, four it blocks around. It was it was nuts. Uh, the Secret Service down around the octagon. I bumped into a couple of them. Man, they're rocks. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. They are rocks. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was interesting. You know, uh, Trump got a huge uh, applause from everybody walking in. It was star studded. You know, uh, Max Cosby was there. Tyson was there. Kid Rock was there. Uh, many other fighters. Many athletes. It was definitely one of the more exciting nights as far as the people in attendance. I didn't go out to the after party. I got dropped off my hotel. And then I got a call from my friend, Mark Roberts, who happens to be the owner of that club, wondering why I didn't call him, why I didn't come by the after party. Sorry, Mark, I had no time. Uh, but it looks like everything went great. So all good. I don't I don't mind missing an after party. I have no problem with that. I mean, I just saw a video of Tito and Chuck dancing together. I did not. Yeah, I saw that too. I did not even see Tito with the fight. How did I not miss that big I didn't. Hit? I didn't see him at the fight either. Yeah, I mean, he maybe he wasn't there. I don't know, but he was definitely at the after party. Speaking of Tito, <laughs> dancing with Chuck Liddell. Chuck Liddell. So weird. It's weird. Well, anyway, I'm glad they all came out. You know, Tito lives down there now, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Yeah, he's like no longer the Huntington Beach bad boy. He's the Florida bad boy. Whatever I guess. that might mean for the future. But you know, one thing about Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell, you know, both been my friends for years. Obviously, the famous brawl at China White in mm. London. Right with uh, Lee Murray. 
with Lee Murray. I wrote about my book. Well, on Showtime, they have a, a multi-part uh, special called Catching Lightning. Uh-oh. And it's all about Lee Murray. Oh, I'm going to have to check this out. It is unreal. And um, they go into heavily into the brawl, heavily into the brawl. Really? Heavily into the brawl in did the first they, segment. Did they interview you? No, I didn't contact an interview. They talked about me in the in the show because Tony Fricklin, yep. who was the man that uh, choked um, Bo off of Pat Militich's back, where uh, Paul Allen, if I'm not mistaken, one of Lee Murray's thug buddies, uh, then you know punched uh, Bo where he fell on the ground, taxi cab ran over his arm, and all hell broke loose. Right. And then Chuck Liddell, you know, he went to the left, Tito went to the right. I followed Chuck, uh, you know, watching his back. As he's, as he's plowing through and just knocking people out left and right. They're just bodies laying all over the place. And then it goes on to the situation where Tito and uh, Lee Murray, they had exchanged words earlier in the nightclub. Not many words. Lee Murray, you know, was saying hi. He was introduced by Tony Fricklin. And Tito, who has a tendency to do this, looked at him like this. Look at me. He goes like, which is one of Tito's ways of saying hi, which Lee Murray took offense to. Mm-hmm. And it kind of carried it through the club. And they talk about how it ended out in the street. Uh, Tito went after Lee or Lee went after Tito. Bottom line, everybody said Tito got hit by four or five punches. Right. Went down, knocked out, football kicked in the head, and then they show Tito on in an interview claiming he was never knocked out. That's not what happened. And You know there's video of this, right? I have never seen the video. No one's ever seen it, but I, I have heard from multiple people that there is one person in particular, I won't say his name uh, on, on the show, I'll tell it to you off the air, but yeah, there's I, I have it on good authority that there is video of this, of a like a phone hand, handheld video. No, there was no phones back then. There was no oh, video just, phones back then. Surveillance video? No, no. This is a, a proper video camera. Wow. Yeah, love to see it. Yeah, if it exists, it's alleged that exists. But well, uh, you know, the the Bobbies came. I was in the car going back with Tito to the uh, hotel. He's very upset um, with what happened. I did not see his brawl with Lee. We're in the lobby, and a guy showed up outside in long overcoats. Why do you think they had underneath those overcoats, TJ? Girl so, Scout cookies. Yeah, Fricklin came in, talked to me, whatever, and he talks about the fact that I'm the one that got Tito into the elevator and up to his room to avoid a situation from happening. Well, good for you. You know, English thugs are... English or good for Tito, thugs. I guess. Good for Tito. It was interesting. It goes into so much more than that, but the bottom line is Lee Murray was involved, planned, and orchestrated... The largest cash robbery in the history of the world. Yeah. $92 million. And get this, it comes out, they stole the $92 million, and I won't give anything away, it's worth watching. But they left, you know what they left in there? Hmm. Another $153 million in cash. I mean, you only carry inside. so much. They carried a lot. Yeah. Anyway, everybody catches. It's very interesting. A lot of history of the UFC from that day comes in. Catching lightning? That's what it's called? Catching lightning. All right, I'm on it. As soon as we get off the air, I'm going to go check it out. Definitely watch it. Catching Lightning is definitely worth watching. Cool. All right. Uh, Collectible-wise, we're going to sign up for the show. Michael Jordan's 1998 NBA Final Sneakers sold for a record $2.2 million. Seems about right. Right ballpark. I think so. Yeah. Yep. Air Jordans go up in price. That'll probably go up in price. Yeah, for sure. All right, TJ. What's up? Uh, what do we got going on this weekend? Um, I'm calling fights. Friday night uh, here in uh, Commerce Casino. Is it is the city called Commerce? Yeah, City of Commerce. I'm in the City of Commerce, calling a Hollywood Fight Night for Tom Loeffler. Um, you got uh, we're talking about Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva's son makes his pro boxing debut coming up on Friday, so uh, I'll be there. You can watch it live in UFC Fight Pass. Very cool. I'll be in uh, Kansas City at the T-Mobile Center. Max Holloway fighting Arnold Alden. Uh, Billy Corintillo, uh fighting Edson Barbosa. That's one of my favorite um, cities, by the way. I've not been there in years. Oh, I love uh, it. Definitely going to probably have a steak when I'm there because it is the city of meat. Yeah, you, you know, got to have the barbecue great, there. Great steakhouses yeah. in Kansas City. Yeah. And I'm not really a meat eater, but I may indulge this time. There you go. And that's really it. Uh, that's the big thing happening. I won't be in the Octagon again until Newark in May after that. But I'll see everybody from the Octagon on Saturday. TJ, you already said what you want to say? Yep, today? that's, that, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, Saturday, I will be doing uh, extra rounds post-fight uh, from the Kansas City show. So, uh Tune in. Uh, you can find it on the uh, UFC Fight Pass Facebook page, uh, YouTube, and, of course, uh, on UFCFightPass.com. Fantastic. I want to thank our sponsors of the show, Puncher's Chance Bourbon, Sweet Nectar of the Bourbon Gods, It's Time Cologne, Smell Like a Champion, Be the Champion You Are, 
Hashtag buff life. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Um, okay. Uh, what was the one other thing I wanted to mention? I don't know. I guess that's it. That's it. Okay. Right. We're getting wordy here. Show's going a little longer than usual. I got to go train for a couple hours, get ready for Saturday night. Uh, everybody set your goals, write them down. Be a role model to your sphere of influence. Know what you're doing. So when you step on that yellow brick path to your future, that you're being the best you can be. That's what we're all about. We're all about here on It's Time Radio. Be the best you can be because then you're winning. And it's always time to win. With that being said, I wish you all a great week. See you Saturday from the Octagon. Love you all. Thank you for tuning in. TJ, you too, my brother. We'll be back next week with a good guest, a great guest, a worthy guest, or just you and me, TJ, however it falls. We'll figure it out. TJ out. Buffers out. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>